Well, I'm very excited about this message. And uh, actually, I'm always excited about the message. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. If I show up bored, we're in trouble, okay? Uh, We're finishing a series entitled Tough Times Don't Last. You need to know that there always will be tough times on this side of heaven. Uh, But we're not at a loss of what to do. We're never stuck. We're never alone. We're never without help. There's nothing that is locked that God cannot unlock or show us the key. There's nothing that God can't fix or help or if need be, make a new one. Are y'all hearing me? And uh, yes, there are challenges in the earth. and, And we've tried to give you good, clear perspective from God's word on how do we approach that. Our our main text has been Proverbs 24 verse 10. It says, if you say that's me, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. The message uh, paraphrase renders that if you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. How many of you hate that verse? Okay. All right. Um, But the issue is not adversity, troubles, tough times. That's not the issue because we're going to have that. That's kind of a given. It goes with the turf of being here on on the planet. Sometimes we have more. Sometimes we have less. We have seasons where it seems like, hey, that's nothing at all. But the real issue is actually strength. Go ahead and say strength. And strength is the issue because, uh, as the verse said, if you faint in the day of adversity... And, and I'm inter, going to interject this. The reason is because you didn't have the strength. So strength is the issue. If we don't have the strength, then it's a problem. If we do have the strength, no problem. And that's why a lot of things that used to be a problem for you or are a problem for someone else, it's not a problem if you have the strength for that. So that's been our focus. The, the world, the media, a lot of your, your friends and coworkers and neighbors, they're going to focus on the tough time and on the problem. And you need to be careful what you magnify. And let me reveal another principle from Scripture, too, that maybe you haven't thought about it this way. Seek and you shall find. Seek and you shall find. Guess what? That works in the negative, too. Amen. Seek and you'll find. You go looking for trouble, you'll find trouble. You go looking for, I think something's wrong with me, you'll find it. You know, uh, and you have to be very, very careful uh, with that. But tough times, not not so tough when you have strength and we know that our strength comes from the Lord. Now, I want to share a number of things with you, and I believe they're very important. I believe it's the proper way for us to kind of exit this this series. And next weekend, I'm going to begin a, a new series leading up to Christmas, and it's going to be called The Favor of God. How many of you want the favor of God? It makes a difference. And a huge, huge, important subject. And uh, we'll begin that next week. Many times when we're going through something, a problem, a need, a tough time or whatever, many times God will bring help to you through another person. It's amazing that God will use people. Now, God can directly do anything, but we find a lot of times, I'll go ahead and say it, most of the time, God is actually going to bring some help to you through another person. How many of you have had that happen to you before? And it's their words, maybe it's encouragement, maybe it was a a note, a gift, it was strength that they kind of brought to you, Uh, maybe resources they provided, a connection. How many of you know connections are important? Well, they are. Um, It's not always what you know. Come on, it's 
Till you know, especially getting to heaven. When you get, and I know we've heard all the jokes and stories, and I don't know exactly how this plays out, but when you get to heaven, you know, all the stories we've heard, it's like there's the pearly gates and Peter's there and you got to take a test, you know? And so if like you go to heaven and, and Peter's there, uh, he's not going to, you know, it's not going to be, uh, okay, list from memory the books of the Old Testament. How many of you would be sunk? Right there. Oh, man. Um, No, you're not going to have to. That's not it. It's who you know. I said it's who you know. And uh, actually, I think your reservations are made in advance. And uh, you can go right to your room. You don't have to stop at at the desk there. Okay? And so, anyway, it's not what you know always. And I do encourage you to continue to grow in what you know, but ultimately it's, it's who, you know, it has been said that all blessings come through relationships. Now, whether or not that's exactly accurate, that all blessings, I would say this, most blessings come through relationships in Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine and 10 in the new living translation, it says two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. Watch this next line. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. And so you fall and you are alone, you're in real trouble. Uh, I have read that a person is only really destitute, only truly destitute if they're void of relationships. Most of you, and I hope, I would hope all of you, have connection, relationship, family, friends, whatever, that if you found yourself in a problem suddenly or a need that you could call somebody to to help you on some level. And so it's important that we are connected. 2011 for this church has been a year of connections. It's important that we have each other. And that's all the more reason why you need to get yourself fully connected in a community of faith. Now, let me say this as gingerly as I can, because I know it's holiday season. Families are coming in. How many of you know that in most family trees, there's some fruit, nuts, and critters? (laughs) Ain't it so? Okay. Um, it's true. And if they're sitting with you, just, just go, oh, wow. You know, okay. But it's, it's true. Unfortunately, within our families, we, we can't always find all the help, support, encouragement that, that we need. A lot of family humor and a lot of families. I, I read a, a report on this is to tear people down. That's family humor. That's funny. Let's make fun of each other. Let's, let's dog this one. And, and unfortunately, that's a lot of family humor. And that's really not healthy in the long run, you know. But we need people in our life because God sends help to us through people. You're going to need some people in your life that are, oh, well. Anybody remember this? You need some folks in your life that are happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. 
You do. If the only people around you are not happy, run away. Don't even leave a note, okay? And I'm joking, but you've got to have some people, especially as you go through life, as we journey through life, you're going to have... You're going to have some tough times. You're going to have some problems, some situations, some setbacks, some challenges. You're going to get discouraged sometimes. And you've got to have some people that you are connected to that are happy and that are stable and that are fruitful and that are blessed. You've, you've got to have some people within reach of you that know how to pray. Amen. Not some little sissy little prayer, Jesus, has the flowers. And, no, forget the flowers. <laughs> got to take care of the flowers. I need help. And you need somebody that can pray, that believes, God will fix this. God can do this. You need, you need some people with a little bit of that on the inside of them. And that's all the more reason why you need to get fully connected in the community of faith, in the family of God. Get yourself rooted and, and plugged in. And it would be amazing who God will bring into your life. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5 through 7. Paul was kind of given his story He says, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We faced conflict from every direction with battles on the outside. It's tough times, folks. Faced conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. But God, everybody say, but God. But God God who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. His presence, say his presence was a joy, but so was the news. Say the news. The news he brought of the encouragement he received from you. So notice, first of all, Paul said there's no rest for us. We are in tough times here. He said outside there's conflict. There's battles from every direction. He's got multiple things going on, heavy-duty things. He said inside there was fear. Remember a few weeks ago I taught you that with, with every problem that would come, it's a package deal. Yes. Buy one, get one. Gift with purchase. And the enemy is always going to tuck in fear with that situation. And so he says, outside are conflicts and battles. Inside are fear. It's all around. It's on the inside. And I have no rest. I have trouble. I have conflict. I have fears. I have needs. I have uh, safety concerns, survival concerns, opposition, persecution, questions, uncertainty. I have all these things going on. And then in the middle of that, he has the gall to say, but God. He said, but God sent me some help. And I want you to know that God will always send you help. No, listen to me. God will always send you help. And if you're in something today, help is on the way. And I'm not a spouse in a movie, but Mrs. Doubtfire. Help is on the way, dearie. (laughs) That wasn't too bad. The help is on the way. And you need to know that you're not beyond help. You're not beyond the reach of God. And Paul, in this horrible situation here, he says, but God who helps us did this. He sent Titus. Now think about that for a moment. I needed help and God sent Titus. So God will always send help and help is on the way and God uses people. But we need to look at this for a moment. How did God sending Titus, think about this. How did God sending Titus help Paul and company? How did that help? Because you need to know this because I'll get to this in a moment. God will not only likes to send people to help you. 
the other foot's about to fall. God wants to send you to help somebody. We'll get there in a minute. But how did God sending Titus help Paul? Two things, two things. There you go. His presence and words. Presence, everybody say presence. And words. Presence and words brought strength. He said, God who helps us sent Titus. And the takeaway is, and his presence and his words strengthened us. Is that not the issue? Strength. And a person can bring you strength by their presence. Forgive my mess here. Presence and words. Say it again. Presence and words. And they make a difference. They make a difference. Um, For about 13, 14 years now, I've been a, a chaplain with the sheriff's office. And I'll do ride-alongs, and, and, you know, that's usually adventure-packed. But the other thing that happens sometimes is you'll get call-outs. There have been a number of nights where, you know, in the middle of the night, and my wife will answer the phone and say, Honey, it's the sheriff's office, and, and, and that's never good. Okay, that's never good. And there's some kind of something bad, and we need a chaplain to go to this, you know, situation. And there have been times, and I mean, they are very graphic in in my memory and there are times where you're driving to 33 o'clock in the morning or the middle of the afternoon and you're driving to a, a situation and i'll be real honest with you and i'll i'll i'm praying i'm praying in the spirit i'm asking god i'm searching my mind i'm saying i don't i don't know what to do when i get there and we've had some training and i've made it my business a little bit to find out a little bit more what what we should be doing but you know what you find yourself going into a situation and you're like, I don't even know. I don't even know what to begin to say. Cause you kind of know what you're coming into. And it's like, Oh my goodness. And you prepare yourself and you just don't know. But I'm going to tell you one of the best things that you can do is just show up. Just your presence. And sometimes it's not all these words. Some people want to come in and let me tell you all the verses I've memorized. They don't care. They have no capacity to hear that at the time. But just the, I call it the power of presence. It's the ministry of presence. That sometimes the fact that you would make the effort to just go and be there with them. And you can't fix anything. You can't change anything. But you can minister strength to them just by being there. Your presence says a whole lot to them. And then God will help you. It's amazing. He always helps. He always helps. Just say this, just show him that, just do this, and he'll do that. And you know what? You're going to have situations like that. You've already had situations like that. And don't feel like i got to say all these things. Sometimes it's just let your presence show, I care and I'm here. I care and I'm here. Last night after uh, our evening service, there was a couple, they, uh, I greeted them at the door and they said, while you were saying this during service, we looked at each other and we know there's somebody we're supposed to go to. And we're to take our presence and our words, and we're stopping by the cafe, and we're going to take some cookies. Sometimes cookies should be added to this list. Go ahead. If you're taking notes, cookies, pies, you could you add them. But I'm serious. You know, sometimes just to go and, and to do this. But your presence and your words make a difference. And please be intentional about this, about your presence. Have some awareness about yourself of how you enter a room. 
Don't have bad bedside manner, so to speak. You know, make sure that how you enter and what you say and present yourself. It'd be like, what if you had a doctor and, you know, that waiting to find out what's wrong with you and he comes in and looks at your chart and, hmm. And take a picture of you. Stinks to be you. And you know, that does not bring you any strength or, or courage. And that's why, once again, I applaud one of the greatest inventions of the, of the last couple of decades. Caller ID. Because there's four kinds of people. Adders, subtractors, multipliers, and dividers. And you need to spend, honestly, listen to me. You need to guard yourself when you're around subtractors and dividers. Don't let people drain your life, your energy, your joy. You need to be around people that are happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. Yes, we have mission. Yes, we're to reach out. Yes, we're to help these people see some light. But I'm telling you what, for when you're going through something, you need adders. You need multipliers to be in your life. You, you need that in your life. Amen. And you need to be that to people. Make sure that you're not the negative one. Make sure you're not the divisive one. When you walk into a situation... Um, it's, it's this way, either build up or did y'all say shut up? It's, it's, it's hush up. Some of you felt it stronger. Just build up or just shut up, man. Whatever works there. Now, all that being said, God can use other people to come and strengthen you. God has used other people to come and strengthen you. God will continue to use other people to come and strengthen you. Sometimes he even uses a tall, skinny preacher. But God will put people in your life to come and to strengthen you. But here's the thing I want you to hear. But God also wants to use you to strengthen other people. Oh, you're trying to ignore me. God wants to also use you. To strengthen other people. And, and here, and I, I need to just get right up front with you on this. And in order for that to happen, listen to me, look at me. Stop being the victim. Stop being the patient. Stop being the martyr. Stop being the statistic. I wrote a book a few years ago. I've taught the series a couple times called Seasons. And there's some seasons you need to come out of. You hear me? You need to come out of some seasons. You got beat up in third grade? Good. You're 40 now. And I'm not minimizing that. I know that those kind of things mark us, but come on. We got to come out of that season. Mom and dad divorced. Yeah. But where are you now? I made a huge mistake. Okay. But this is today. And what we've got to do is come out of that season. The the enemy wants to lock you in that season, lock you in that cage, paint you in that corner, forbid you to come out. It's true. And he wants to mess with your perspective and how you see yourself and how you see life so that you basically are inert. So that basically you you can have no impact on anybody else. And God wants to use you. He wants to use everything about you. I'll get to a little more of that in a moment. But the enemy wants to work on your perspective on how you see things. Watch, watch with me here. What do you see? 
Huh? Now, I see a big blue sheet of paper. But a lot of people, did you hear what happened to me? Did you see what I did? And, and you need to know that there's a whole lot more sunny days than there are rainy days. And, and the enemy and the news and everything else. Went, oh, well, I've got more dots too. And we've got all these dots, you know, but, but this, this, is, this is the deal. God wants to use your dots. He doesn't want that to be the focus of your life. Listen, we've all blown it. We've all had things happen to us. There's been unfair things happen. We've watched things fall apart before. There was a season in my childhood where I didn't, I didn't know if the, anything else could fall. It's like this fell, that fell, this fell, that fell. I mean, it's, that's a horrible thing that happens. But I'm not going to be a victim. You're not going to be a victim. We've, we've got to move on and say, yeah, this happened to me. But God wants to take your test and he wants to use it as a testimony. He wants to take your scar. He wants to take your scar and use it as a trophy. He wants to use your wound and turn it into a weapon. He wants to take your mistake and turn it into wisdom. And so stop letting the enemy hold you back. And, and I know I'm on something right now. Because he's holding a lot of you back. And it's time to get riled up and say, I'm, com- I'm coming out. Amen. Hey, hey, hey. You might as well come out. Everything else has come out. Amen. And it's time we are loud and proud about being the redeemed of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, watch with me carefully. Verse 3 and 4, and I'm going to read this in the New Living, then I'll read it in the message. It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles, watch carefully, so that, everybody say so that. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we feel better. No, let's keep going. So that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. In the message paraphrase, all praise to the God and Father of our Master, Jesus the Messiah! Exclamation point. Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel, He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times. So that, everybody say, so that. So that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. Listen, he comforts us. He encourages and strengthens us. The Amplified says, the depressed and the sinking Because that's what happens to you when you're in tough times. It causes you to be depressed and sinking. Takes the strength out of you. He comforts us so that, not just so we feel better. Not just so we're relieved. Not so things are better. But he does that because he loves you. But the ultimate purpose of him comforting and working in your life, and listen to me, and forgiving you for gross things, and setting you free from addictions... 
and getting you through bad decisions or where you were truly a victim of something. Listen, he comes and he comforts you so that you can comfort somebody else. Sometimes our focus on our tough times is tough times and tough times. And you know what? God is saying, yeah, tough times, but that's not to be your focus. I'll send you help in tough times, but I also desire to send you to be help to somebody in tough times. Just as hurt people hurt people, healed people heal people. And found people find people. And free people free people. And helped people help people. And strengthened people strengthen people. And encouraged people Encourage people. Are y'all getting this? And comforted people, comfort people. Amen. Your presence and your words are how you convey that. And your presence and your words can either help or they can hurt. So we've got to be intentional, deliberate, careful, be responsible for our words. Never be a part of bringing discouragement to somebody. Here's the only people you discourage. People that are willfully and actively making wrong decisions and headed in wrong directions. Do not encourage them and say, it's going to be okay because it's not going to be okay. You missed the sign. The bridge is out. Don't go that way. This will not work out good for you. I love you enough to tell you this will not work out. You turn around, it'd be okay. But go in the wrong direction. It won't be okay. But everyone else, listen, you encourage them. And you never add fear to their life and never cite, well, you know, the doctor said that about, you know, I saw a special on that on 2020 and whoo, you know, don't do that. Just hush. Don't make them a statistic. Amen. Amen. It's your presence in your words. And sometimes we would say, well, I don't know what to say to people. Well, the Bible gives us a script. And I want to I want to show you something. I actually used this yesterday morning and it I mean the timing was impeccable. I was finishing my notes early yesterday morning and I got a phone call early yesterday morning uh from a husband of a couple and they're in trouble. Their marriage their life is in trouble. And he called me and I listened to him and I talked to him and I prayed for him and I said and listen and I want to tell you this. And I gave him this verse. And this is your script. This is what you need. Your presence. Here's your words. In Isaiah 35 verse 4 it says, Say to those who are fearful hearted, Be strong. Do not fear. Behold your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God. He will come and save you. So I told him, I said, listen to me. Be strong. Don't be afraid. He will come and save you. Now you're looking at me like, can I really say that? What if he doesn't? Listen, God likes being put on the spot. When you say God's incredible and he'll show up and do this, he likes that, okay? And and you can tell him because you're not responsible. You don't have to tell them how that's going to happen. This is God. God said in his word, say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong. And that's with God's strength. Be strong. You're speaking strength to them. Be strong. Do not be afraid. He will come and save you. Can we practice it one time? Say, be strong. strong. Do not be afraid. afraid. He will come come and save you. And And listen to this. He, he's responsible for how that will happen. 
He can do that. He watches over his word to perform it. And so not only will God get us through tough times, the toughest of times, stacks of tough times, God has gotten you through. God will get you through. God's seen it all before. He's not afraid in the least. And God will get you through and God knows how to get to his people. God knows how to take care of his people and he knows who his people are. And the Lord will bless his people. He will give strength to his people. He will bless his people with peace. But it's not just so his people can be blessed with strength and peace. It's also so that God will use us and we can give that strength and peace to others as well. Amen. I have one other thing. One other thing before we finish. And I probably could take a whole nother week on this. But I just want to give this to you just real quick here. And this has become very important in in my life personally here. In Psalm 95, and this pertains to the whole teaching on tough times don't last. Focus in on with me here in these last few moments. Psalm 95, verse 6 and 7. It says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand, or literally the sheep under his care. The scripture says to worship and bow down and kneel. And I did a pretty in-depth word study on that, and none of it is figurative. None of it is symbolic. And we've gotten so sophisticated and developed in modern Christianity that we would just want to make things symbolic and figurative and do it in your heart. But I'm going to tell you something powerful happens when you actually do Scripture and you bow and you kneel before the Lord, your Maker. And what do you do when you're there? Listen, you submit yourself. Some of you, I would dare say, you've lost your job or you've had this problem or got that doctor's report or he said this or she did that or whatever it would be. But have we ever taken it and come before the one that really can help us? Because the issue is not do you have a problem or a tough time. The real issue is do you know anybody that can help you with it? And the best place to be is to come and kneel before, I mean physically, well, I don't know if I can bend. Do your best. You lay down somehow at night. But get before the Lord your maker and submit your life and your problem and your family and your pain and your worries and your motives and all the things and submit them before God. James 4.10 says this, humble yourself. Get this, get this, in the sight, in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says, the eyes of the Lord. Remember in the sight, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking, searching for those whose hearts are loyal or after him to show himself strong on their behalf. Get this. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. The eyes of the Lord are looking for that heart that's after him. And I know he sees us all the time, but hear me on this. Lately, I feel like he can see me better when I'm down here. And this is not to be done in the middle of the mall. (laughs) Or the lobby of your office or business. Find the secret place. Do it early, do it often. And get before the Lord your maker. We're the sheep of his pasture. We're the flock that's under his care. 
And I challenge you. It's a Bible thing to do. You go, I don't know. That's, I'm more sophisticated. Uh, I'd rather be where he can see me than sophisticated. I'd rather have some victory and some peace. And I'll tell you what, I've been doing this for a little while and I'm trying to keep that sacred and secret. I'm telling you what, something happens when you kneel before the Lord, your maker. I'm going to stop right there with tough times don't last. You get anything at all out of this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.